this is something that has been speaking to me for a while um, about holding on to the promises of God. You know, and, and uh, I want to share with you on this topic for a moment um, on the thought until the promises become reality. You know, until the promises become reality. And um, I, I remember that, that I, meant, I meant to share a word. Um, I remember that God really spoke to me before the year started about this year of 2020. Wow, and, and it's, already, it's already, the first month has already gone by. It was quick, right? So fast, it's flying through, you know? But um, I remember God, God speaking to me that 2020, I don't know if this was for myself, but I felt like it was also for, for the church that 2020 will be a year of new beginnings. And I believe that, that what God has started, he's going to fulfill it. What God said that he would do, he will bring it to completion. That's what the word says, right? So believing this, get, get this for your heart. 2020 is a year of new beginnings. It's a year of new beginnings. God is going to do amazing things throughout this year. The first month has gone by, but there's 11 more. There's 11 more to come. Um, I want to read with you a verse. Um, it's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Two verses before we actually pray. But look what it says here. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, without shaking. For he who promised is faithful. He who begun the good work in you will bring it to completion. What God said that he would do, he will still do. Do you believe in that? What God said 10 years ago, what God said 20 years ago, he will still bring it to completion. The promises of God, and we see the promises of God, you know, in the Bible. The Bible is filled with promises. The Bible is filled with promises of God. For example, joy, peace, you know, the new covenant, the, the times that we live today is a promise of God. It's a promise. We have free access to the presence of God. This was a promise. This, this was something that the old people from the old covenant, they dreamed with. You know, I remember, you know, I, I don't know, but Romans talks about this. Um, the Psalms of David is filled with this, how David was always dreaming about a time that was to come. Blessed is the man who, who, who lawless deeds are forgiven. Blessed is that man. Blessed is the man. Thank you. Blessed is that man who, there, who there's no iniquity in him. You know, and we see this David dreaming about a time that was to come. So let me tell you, we are living the greatest promise of God ever. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the gallery of the heroes of faith. How these guys, they did so many things. Some guys were sown in two. Other, other guys were, were, were killed, hung upside down. You know, guys that, were, that, that, that had the spirit upon them but not in them. And they died without the promise of God. What was the promise? What was the greatest inheritance? It was the spirit in us. So they died. They, they dreamt about these times. And that's what compelled them to do everything that they did. But let me tell you, we have something far greater. It's interesting because in Hebrews 11 says that all these guys, they didn't obtain the promise. They died without the promise, the promise of the new covenant. But they dreamt about it. So we have the greatest promise that we could ever have. Oh, the new covenant access to the presence of God. 
We have complete access at all times. Oh, isn't this good news? So these are all promises, prosperity, joy, you know, the new covenant, everything that we have, an abundant life. You know, there's also a promise that we will do greater works than Jesus himself did. You know, this was a promise by Jesus. But let me tell you, there's also promises that God has released upon your life. You know, promises, maybe, maybe somebody, somebody prophesied, came to prophesy something that you already knew in your spirit. And we know that a prophecy only comes to, to, to testify something that you already know. Because you have the spirit, right? So maybe things that were released in your life 10, 20 years ago, you know, promises that have not yet come to completion. Let me tell you, you know, God has not forgotten about you. You know, God has not forgotten about the things that he, he said that he would do, things that he spoke to you specifically, individually. A promise that is not for myself, but a promise that it was for you, that he himself gave to you. That he spoke into your spirit. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So there are, there's multiple promises. The Bible is filled with promises. In Hebrews chapter 10, 23, what, what is the author saying? He's saying, hey, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, Jesus, without wavering, without shaking. For, for he who promised, he is faithful. He hasn't forgotten. He's not done with what he started. You know, he's not done. This is good news. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 he says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Oh, there's a need of endurance, and you have this confidence. Confidence is a fruit of faith, right? Lack of confidence is a fruit of fear, right? And God has given us what? Faith. A spirit of faith. So this whole chapter of Hebrews chapter 10, you know, the, the, the author is telling, is telling the Jew, those Jewish believers, hey, since Jesus came for you as the high priest, he torn through the heavens and he offered the ultimate sacrifice. Be bold. Have this confidence. Have this confidence that what he started, he will finish. Have this confidence that what he said that he would do, he will still do. Don't forget about it. I didn't forget about it. So isn't this amazing? And then he goes on to remember those Jewish believers. Remember all the tough times that you went through. Remember the times of persecution. Oh, I didn't forget about you. You know, have this confidence so that you can still obtain the promise. And that's the main condition for you to, we're going we're gonna to talk about this, but jumping ahead of myself, the main condition for you to receive the promise of God is to simply believe. Believe. Isn't this amazing? So I want to ask you today, what are some of the promises that God has spoken over you? What are the promises that the word has provided you with? What are some of these promises? You know, let me tell you, God does not delay. He is always on time. He has not forgotten about you. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much for your promises. Um, will you pray with me just for a second? Lord Jesus, God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we're not here, Lord, to see a man preach. 
God, we're not here for a gospel entertainment show, but God, we're all here, Lord, as, as a body. Lord, we want to see your face, Lord. We're, we're hungry for you, Lord. God, be free, Lord, to edify one another, Lord. God, we are your bride. God, we are your people, Lord. God, the people of the promise, Jesus. God, we take hold, Lord, of everything that you said that you would do, Lord. We take hold, Lord, of every single promise that you, would, that you, that, that you have provided us with. Lord, and we, we, we are thankful, Lord. We hold on to you, Lord. God, challenge us, Jesus. Encourage us, Jesus. Lord, teach us, Lord, in the light of your word today, Lord. God, we give you liberty, Lord, to flow in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me, let me tell you one thing. The promises always begin in God. If the promise does not begin in God, it's not a promise. Does that make sense? So the, it's interesting because the Bible says that in him we have the yes and the amen for every promise. In all of God's promises, you have the yes and the amen. So God has given you a green light. You, you, you already have the yes. It's already done. It's already done. Do you know why it's done? Because Jesus finished it all. Right? So there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing to be added onto the work of the cross. There's nothing that we can do it to fulfill the promise. This is my very first point. There's nothing we can do to fulfill a promise because a promise was never born in you, but it was born in God. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> I've gotten to a point in my life, I, I, you know, many times grow, growing with, with crazy, you know, many dreams about, about church ministry. And, and, and I remember just one time, you know, just coming to realize, Lord, there's nothing I can do. There's absolutely nothing I can do. And if, it, and if this was born in you, if this started in you, then, then you, you will bring it to completion. You will bring it to completion. You know, because, because we're, just, we're just vessels of God. You know, we are, we are tools in the hand of the one who made us. So, so I remember coming to my life and, 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 and even with some personal dreams that I had, just coming to realize that there was nothing, absolutely nothing that I could do. Because if, if the promise was born in God, God himself will, will make sure it happens. There's nothing I can do. There's no striving. If there's striving, then it, it, it has, it, it become, it, it doesn't, it's no longer a promise, but it's, beca- it's a self-deserving thing. It's a self-merit thing. And then we go back to, to the law where everything is based off the things that I do and the things that I cannot do. Does that make sense? Are you following with me? So what's, what's the, the greatest point that I want to make today is the promises begin in God. And if, if it begins in God, it also ends in God. I want to ask you, what, what are some of the things that, that, what are some of the promises that God has spoken over you? Your family. You know, maybe it's a relationship that needs to be restored. Maybe, maybe it's your finances. Maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's something that, that you've lost. You know, I don't know what it is today, but I want to I tell you, what, what are the promises of God? God is faithful to bring it to completion. Amen. So um, go with me in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. It's interesting because Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 talks about, you know, gives us a, a beautiful description of, of who Jesus is. He is the, the exact image of the invisible God. He is the image, the radiance of the glory of God. And he sustains everything through the power of his word. 
If he sustains everything through the power of his word, don't you think that the things that he's promised, he will fulfill it through his, on his own, by himself? He sustains every part, every single thing. Ephesians talks about how the works were laid out before the foundation of the world. God knew everything before the foundation of the world. The, world, the, the works were already laid out. They were prepared beforehand. Isn't this amazing that God sustains everything? The Bible says that he upholds the, un, the, the, the world, the universe through the power of his word. If he promised, he is faithful to, fin to finish. He's faithful to bring it to completion. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. This is a beautiful picture. And a great example that we have. And it's about the life of Abraham. This is, this is probably one of the first promises we see in the Bible. You know, in the book of Genesis chapter 12... You know, we see, we see God speaking to Abraham the first time. And he goes on and he tells Abraham, Abraham, leave your land. Leave your, leave your, your, your father's house and your mother's house and go, and go to the land that I will show you. In there, I will bless you. I will make you a, a strong nation to the point that, 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 that it's going to be countless. You know, I will bless you there. I will make you a great nation. Believe your father's house. So this was the first time we see, you know, I don't know if it was the first mention of, the, of, the, of, of a promise in the Bible, but it was certainly one of the first ones. You know, God speaking to Abraham, Abraham, go to that land because I will bless you. I will make you strong. I will, I will enrich you. I will empower you. I will make you fruitful. But then on, on chapter 15, we see God giving him another promise and speaking to him, just, just reassuring that God didn't, didn't forget about Abraham. So we're going to read. Can, can we read it together? Look what it says. Genesis chapter 15, 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Oh, this is precious. You know, don't be afraid, Kevin. I am your, your shield and your reward. <laughs> Exceedingly great reward. Don't be afraid. You know, I feel like this is what God's speaking to us today. But then he says, verse 2, But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the hair of my house is Eliezer. Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, he's saying, hey, God, I don't have a child. But the guy, the guy who's going in that culture, if you, if you were childless, one of the, the person who is your, your senior slave, if he had a child, he would inherit all, all of your possessions. So that's why he's saying, Lord, I don't have a child. But, but the only person that I have that could, be, that could inherit everything that I have is, is, Eliez, is, the, is the son of Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram, and then verse 3. Then Abram said, Lord, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. 
Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall, you, shall be your descendants upon the earth. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted to him as righteousness. This was the first mention of the word righteousness. And how did, how did righteousness come? Through believing. How are we saved? Through believing. How do we inherit the promises of God? Through believing that God is good. That he finishes what he started. That he does what he says that he will do. And this is amazing. You know, because he has this, this amazing encounter with the Lord. And the Lord tells him, hey, th this guy is not, it, it's not going to be like you think it is. It's, it's outside of this box that you have placed it for you. You, you don't believe, I know that you are old enough, but I'm still powerful enough to make it happen. And it's not going to be this guy who was born in your house, but it's going to be somebody from your own body. And do you know what's amazing? Because he believed, the Lord looked at him and said, this guy is righteous. Because he believed in my goodness. He believed in my word. He believed that I would do the things that I said that I would do. And this is amazing. This Abraham was a guy from the old school with the new school mentality. He was a guy in the old covenant, I mean in the old testament, the old covenant, but with the new school mentality. He was justified by faith. He was a type of us. He pointed to the times that we live today. Isn't this amazing? He was justified freely by faith because he believed in the goodness of God. Let me ask you, do you believe in the goodness of God? Do you believe that the Lord can surprise you with his goodness? Do you believe that he will finish what he started? Oh, this is amazing news. This is great. You know, and then, and then we, we see that the story goes on. And, and I mean, he, is the, he becomes the father of faith. You know, the Bible in Galatians talks about how all of us, you know, because of Christ Jesus, we are part of Abraham's offspring. We are part of his family. You know, we are, we are the children of Abraham. We take part in the blessings of Abraham. Abraham was rich in gold, silver, and precious stones. That, that's one of the things. You know, he, he, he lived a life in abundance. And the Bible says that we are part of everything that Abraham had. He was righteous, blameless before the Lord. Justified freely by faith. Received the promises by faith. How do you receive the promises? Through faith. Through faith. So let me tell you. Every promise is born in God. And the life that we live today under the new covenant is a life of promise. If the promise started in God, he will finish. You know, and it's interesting because when we look at the life of Abraham, you know, between the first time that he received the promise and the, the time that the promise came to completion when Isaac was born, it took 25 years. It's a crazy amount of time. You know, it, I, I, you know, we see this through the Bible. We see that, that it comes to a point where Abraham and his wife, they're, they're discouraged. You know, when we see that the, he has another conversation farther down with God and he's already 99 years old. He's like, Lord, when is this happening? Lord, when is it? You know, because, because I, you know, it's interesting because Paul says in Romans that his body, that Abraham's body was as good as dead. 
He was, it was as good as dead. This guy, can, he can die already. <laughs> you know, he has no strength. There's nothing he can do. But do you know what's interesting about this? Because if, if Abraham could have done something, then the glory would be on the fact that his body was capable of doing it. But the fact that he couldn't, he could not do anything for himself. The fact that he could not bring the promise to completion. But he had to depend on the supernatural to bring the promise. This is what grace is. It's what made the promise happen. It's the fact that he could not bring it to completion. He could not do anything. But the promise still came, came through because of Jesus. Because, of, because he believed. Does that, does that make sense? You know, so he, he waited 25 years for the fulfillment of the promise. You know, his body was as good as dead. But a promise is a supernatural gift from God received only through faith. Only through faith. Only through faith. And um, let me ask you, why, why don't many people don't receive the promises? You know, it's, it's interesting because we see people that, that many times they were, they were, God gave them a promise a long time ago. You know, and, and they knew it was a promise from God. I'm not talking about like a prophecy, I'm talking about something that God spoke into your spirit. You know, how many times do you see people not seeing the promises of God fulfilled? It's not because it's not because of any works, it's because they simply decided not to believe. Believe in the promises. Believe in the promises. So many promises do not come to pass because people didn't believe in them. Um, open with me in Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. The Bible gives us a beautiful picture when, when it makes a comparison between a child of the promise and a child of the flesh. It's interesting because the Bible talks about how Abraham had two sons, one from his slave Hagar and the, the other one from his wife Sarai. And, and it's interesting because the, the child of the promise was, was the child that could only come through faith. Not through, not through something that they could do. You know, and it's, it's shocking because, because we see that Sarah, she, you know, at one point she, she's so discouraged that she feels like there's no hope. Even though there was a promise, there was no hope. And she, and she begins to question herself, well, God has closed, has closed my womb. I, I can't have any children. And because of that, um, you know, let's, let's just get one of my slaves so that, so that she can be offered to my husband. And we can have a child because whoever is born in my house is, is, is indirectly a child. So she, she thought that, that that son, born from her, her slave, Hagar, was the child of the promise. But we see in Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. Let's read it together what it says. Is the law against the promises of God? Certainly no. Hold on. Sorry, guys. I mean the wrong part. But look what it says, 421. Talks about two covenants. Tell me who you desire to be under, to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other one by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. There was no supernatural in this. It was something that he could do. It was something that was be be. 
you know, under all his capability. There was no supernatural in it. And because there was no supernatural in it, it wasn't a promise of God. It was something, it was something that he could do under the law. And let me tell you, the law can never provide you the supernatural. The law is unable to provide you with, 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 with the miracles of God. The old covenant under the law will only produce things in the flesh. And if it is produced in the flesh, it is no longer a promise. Look what it says then. Verse 23. But he who was born of the born woman was born according to the flesh. And he of the free woman through promise. Through promise. Which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, pointing to the law, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and co corresponds to, to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren! You who do not bear, break forth and shout, for you are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Um, now go to verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, we are children of the promise. Let me try to explain what it's saying. It's saying that, that there were two children born through Abraham. One from a slave and the other one from a free woman. The slave, the slave child, the, the child born from the slave points to the law. Because it was under what Abraham could do. But now the other ch children was something supernatural. It was born under grace. It was born as a free gift of God. He had no dealing with it. There was nothing that he could do. It was, it was not under his capability because it was supernatural. Let me tell you, you can only, if the promise was born in God, you can only inherit it through faith. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can add on to the work of the cross. If the promise was born in God, he will make it come to completion. That's why, that's why Apostle Paul says that, that the one who begun the good work in you, he will bring it to completion. He will bring it himself to completion. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. And uh, we, can, we can have the worship team come up. Um, I'm nearly done. Oops. God is so good. So how do you, how do you receive? How, how do you take hold of the promises of God? You receive it through faith. It's through faith. You know, we see four times in the Bible, we see the righteous shall live by faith. And I was, I was just thinking about this throughout the whole week. You know, everything that we receive, we receive through faith. And the righteous shall live by faith. Whenever you think about the promise of God, think about this. The righteous shall live by faith. I'm righteous because Jesus made me righteous. You know, Homework for you. Go home. Read the whole chapter 10 of Hebrews. It talks about what Jesus did for us. It talks about how, the, 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 how the, the shedding of blood from animals can never take away the sins of the world. 
So Jesus had to come through and offer the ultimate sacrifice to pay for us all, to cover us all. And now we are found in Jesus. The Bible says that we were crucified with Jesus. That it's no longer us who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. And the life that we live now, we live by faith in the Son of Mary who died for us. So this was the promise of God. You know, we can only receive it through grace. If grace has provided, we can receive it. We cannot, we cannot receive anything that grace has not provided for. If grace has not provided, we cannot receive. Grace provides, faith receives. Grace provides, faith receives. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. This is the last verse I'll read, I promise. The Bible says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which now we stand. In which now we stand. So what's the grace that we, that we stand in? How do, how do we stand on grace? Through faith. We have complete access to every single promise of God. You inherit, you receive every single promise through faith. The gospel, the Christian life is lived through faith. Faith. Oh, faith gives us access to the grace that we stand.